What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Well, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the community at my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Uh, just a couple of reminders. You can always subscribe to Press This on iTunes or iHeartRadio, and of course, as always, you can download episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Look for Press This on the left side of that website. So in this episode, we're going to be having our monthly installment of Word Around the Campfire, news from around the WordPress community, latest updates that are important to you as you think about your strategy with WordPress. In this episode, we're going to be talking about updates to WordPress core, particularly around Gutenberg. Um, uh, interesting story about the 4.92 slash 4.93 release. Um, some interesting stuff that happened there. And uh, a new, uh, basically, feature area within WordPress to accomplish what's called GDPR regulations that are going to be new in Europe um, and, and many other items um, that are happening around the WordPress community. So um, to join us today, we have uh, Stephen Word, who works at WP Engine. He is our WordPress Innovation Manager. Stephen's been on the show a few times. Uh, but Stephen, welcome back. Thank you very much, David. It's always good to be here. And we have em Emily Shiola of Torque Magazine, a WordPress-focused publication. Um, Emily, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Awesome. So I'm glad to have both of you on. I know you, you both have your fingers on the pulse of the WordPress world, and we're going to put that to test today, see what uh, interesting insights you can share. So I think the first thing um, I'd like to kick off with is the 4.92, 4.93 release 
um, I don't know whether to describe this debacle or error or, or what. Um, Stephen, um, why don't you uh, kind of tell us a little bit about what happened? You know, in the last um, word around the campfire, we had we had announced the 4.92 release, and like right after that episode, 4.93 came out. Can you explain why that occurred and and why this is such a kerfuffle? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, typically, um, as we have discussed in a previous show. Um, the, the point releases, meaning your, uh, the, the third digit, like from 492 to 493, uh, are typically non-breaking changes, security updates, um, generally no features uh, or anything of that nature that's introduced. Um, unfortunately, uh, there was a bug that slipped through the radar that uh, broke the auto-updater functionality um, inside WordPress core. Um, so what happened was is that you were no longer able to uh, automatically get an update. And for things like security patches, that was super critical. Um, early uh, on, the team caught that very early, um, which was a great thing. Um, but that's kind of why you saw that that release back to back was to uh, fix the breaking change uh, to allow for updates in the future, keep WordPress secure and hardened. This is like update inception for me. It's like the uh, the error was in the auto updates, but of course people auto updated to the thing that broke the auto updates, <laughs> and so now um, there are sites out there that don't have auto updates enabled. I think as you think about this in terms of your WordPress sites, it depends a little bit actually on where you host. So, for example, at WP Engine, we do managed releases, meaning meaning we assist our customers with deploying new updates to WordPress core. So, for us and others like us, uh, there's in the you know managed hosting space, it's not a big deal for our customers because we just applied the fix, and they'll have auto updates in the future if, if that's what they chose to do. Um, I think though, if you're on a self-managed server, um, if you're on a host that doesn't help you manage those WordPress releases. You may have actually auto-updated to a version of WordPress that broke future auto-updates. Um, so if you're unsure whether or not you have properly managed updates, um, you may actually want to go in and make sure that you're running on the latest version of WordPress. Um, Stephen pointed out those security releases can be super important. Um, if you're not updating and applying those patches, then you could have vulnerabilities on your site. Um, I think this is also kind of interesting with the looming Gutenberg update and the, the push to get that um, change adopted you know, in the WordPress world. Um, and, and now to have the auto-update feature for some of those sites turned off, it's certainly problematic. Now, I, I posed the question in a couple of areas asking, why wasn't this caught in the testing? And the, the short answer I got was, we didn't have testing coverage for the auto-updates. Um, and certainly in an area the core team, I'm sure, has dug in. Um, to correct. So I'd say, you know, on the, the threat vector, this is probably a yellow, depending on where you're hosted. Um, but just be aware that if your site's not auto-updating, you might need, actually need to update it to version, the latest version, which will include the fix for the auto-updating feature. So I think, you know, the next big topic that's on everybody's mind is Gutenberg. Um, I spoke a couple of weeks ago at PubCon Austin about WordPress optimization, and I got to the point of the presentation where I'm talking about page builders. And I said, well, you know, in today's world, these page builders are okay uh, or good. And then in the Gutenberg world, you might need to rethink your strategy there. I think page builders, certainly for a good long while, will still have a role. But, you know, you need to think about how, you, how you're going to use Gutenberg versus a page builder. And no one in the audience knew what Gutenberg was. I thought that was kind of telling. Um, but then as I started to discover more about it, they're like, well, when is it coming out? And is this going to break my site? So I want to kind of address the first question, when is it coming out? And 
there's one big milestone that's that's kind of next in the process. And this milestone is basically to create what's called a merge candidate. And that's kind of the, the version right somewhat before, I guess, the beta. And Stephen, I'm going to have you dig into exactly how this works here in a second. Um, but the merge candidate is not ready yet. And usually there's a, a time window, uh, I guess, what, eight to ten weeks or something, between the merge candidate and the beta. And then after that, it becomes part of core. So, Stephen, I think for clarity, for people like worried about, like, should I be picking tools now? Should I be waiting? What should I do about compatibility? You could expand a little bit on how that process works and, you know, what sort of time frames people might expect to see, you know, a testable version of Gutenberg. Absolutely. Um, so about two years ago, there was a major shift in the way that uh, major features were introduced into the WordPress project. Uh, historically, before that, um, it was, you know, the feature would basically get kind of baked into core as it goes, and then a release would happen when it's ready. Um, as of a couple years ago, um, and these focus areas started to develop, um, there was a shift where core functionality as it existed, um, you know, existing features and stuff are still developed in core throughout the cycle. Um, however, new features, things like the REST API, things like Gutenberg, um, are now kind of uh, separated out into a GitHub repo and developed there um, as a plugin. And you can actually kind of get an early version of that. You can either download that uh, through the WordPress.org plugin repository, or you can, uh, if uh, you're familiar and comfortable with Git, um, get a, a little bit more of a live build out of downloading that from GitHub. Um, but what happens is, is that basically, uh, you know, there's always a call for testing Gutenberg. So, and, and it always, because it's in constant development. Um, at the point that the product is deemed uh, complete by the core team, there will be a merge event. Um, and that is a little bit of a heavy effort. As David was saying, it does take several weeks, um, but it does allow for a more stable release cycle. Um, so basically what's gonna happen is when the Gutenberg plugin uh, is ready, um, there will be a large discussion, lots and lots of user testing, uh, and it becomes a merge candidate. So once it becomes the merge candidate, then we're looking at eight to 10 weeks before it's in beta. So, so realistically, we're looking at May, maybe even June before, uh, I know you mentioned testing is important along the way, but I think for a lot of the audience, like they don't want to be those early testers. They want to be the fully baked tester. Um, but we're looking at May, maybe even June before um, that we're ready for that. Uh, is that about right, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I don't know that there's an exact date, but it definitely has been pushed out. Um, I think that that's probably a very reasonable assumption. You know, uh, back in December, we had heard target dates for you know mid late April, um, but it does look like it's going to get pushed back a little bit. Um, however, I, I honestly believe that that's a good thing. Um, you know, this is one of the biggest changes coming to WordPress, uh, especially revolving the editorial experience in about 12 years. Um, so, you know, uh, crossing your T's and dotting your I's, um, I think it is the responsible and the appropriate thing to do. That's awesome. If you, um, you know, obviously you wait around for the release, I guess, unless you want to be one of those early testers. Um, Matt Mullenweg actually gave an interview recently on the advanced uh, WordPress group on Facebook and it was some interesting thoughts around the deployment process, the backwards compatibility. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Matt was one of the original creators of the WordPress open source framework. Um, so go check out the advanced WordPress group on Facebook. Say hi to Matt uh, Cromwell, who's the lead admin of that group. Uh, let him know we sent you, um, but check it out. 
um, some interesting insights there uh, by Matt Mullenweg in that group. So um, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about compatibility with Gutenberg and some other items in the WordPress community. We'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and right before the break, we were talking about timeframes for the Gutenberg release, um, looking now maybe around May, possibly even late as June, so stay tuned on that one. Uh, but there's a project going on right now, actually, and Stephen, I know you're one of the key contributors to this project around plugin compatibility with Gutenberg. One of the big things is, will my plugin work when Gutenberg is released? And I know that, of course, the final release isn't ready, so you may not have a full picture of this, but maybe you could explain a little bit about this project you've been working on with Daniel, what it is, and how others are going to contribute to making sure um, WordPress is backwards compatible and that plugins are updating as they need to. So with such a massive change coming to the editorial experience, um, you know, one of the things that we're hearing in the community is, is there a lot of concern uh, from, you know, not just end users and training editorial staff on how to uh, use the new product, but also from plugin developers and plugin compatibility. Um, so Daniel has uh, approached a wonderful idea, um, and that idea is to basically take um, kind of a sandbox type approach. So we will spin up um, a, a, a sandbox is basically just a test environment. Um, so it's a basically a vanilla WordPress install, with some pre-populated content. Gutenberg plugin will be installed in its current state uh, and alongside um, with the most popular plugins in the WordPress ecosystem. And the idea behind this is it is a temporary project. Um, but the idea is, is that with the combination of installing Gutenberg and another plugin, it provides a way to get um, ahead of surprises uh, before the release date. So this is going to be a crowdsourced effort. Um, advanced developers from the WordPress community uh, will basically be spinning up one of these sandboxes uh, to determine if plugins uh, are compatible with Gutenberg. 
And the process uh, basically after the installation is, you know, does the plugin still do as it was advertised? Um, and that can manifest a couple of different ways. Um, you know, worst case scenario, uh, you know, you get a 500 on your page, it just completely breaks functionality. Um, also to things just where maybe, uh, you know, your meta boxes or your short codes um, or anything that interacted with the, uh, the current WordPress editor um, would no longer apply. So this effort is really just to get ahead and provide awareness to reach out to, um, you know, existing developers um, to encourage them to get ready for Gutenberg, um, not only for the community, but also for their interests so that everything stays modern and uh, is ready for the new release. This is one of the things I really like about the WordPress community. It's, it's a bit like stone soup. We're all going to pool our resources and do what's best for everyone, right? It's not just one host going out there and doing this on their own. It's multiples contributing to this, sharing that information. I think the other interesting piece was you're going to share that data with the plugin developers themselves so they can fix their own products. And I don't think in, in proprietary uh, communities, proprietary CMS communities, any of this exists at all. And to me, that's the power of open source. That's the power of the community. And to see individuals like yourself and companies step up and, and make it better for everybody is really inspiring. And I'm really kind of proud, in a sense, uh, definitely um, being in this space. All right, so I think we've Gutenberged enough. Um, a lot of conversations going on around that. I want to shift gears for a minute. Um, Ten Up, a very popular, very um, successful and adept uh, WordPress development agency, recently announced their seven-year anniversary. And I remember talking to others in the space, people at Crowd Favorite, um, XWP, and other agencies in that similar kind of vein. And I remember one of them telling me one time, we all kind of came up at the same time. And um, it was around the uh, creation of custom post types. So, Stephen, if you could give us a little brief description of what custom post types are, I think it would also be interesting to hear people, um, uh, let people hear about, well, what were those other big moments in WordPress that kind of evolved it as a framework? Sure. So, uh, the notion of a custom post type is, um, so historically, uh, when WordPress, you know, first got started, it was a blog creation software meaning that you know you had uh, basically two post types and those would be uh, there was actually three but one of them is not around anymore but posts and pages uh, you know things that kind of fit that publishing model um, I don't remember the exact version number but I want to say right around WordPress 3.0 or so um, it was in the early threes um, this notion of being able to create different types of content um, I'm a big analogy person so uh, I kind of think of these in terms of, of markets. So for example, let's say that you are running a car dealership. Uh, custom post types would now, instead of being a post or a page, uh, could be a car. And the taxonomies uh, kind of go hand in hand with this, which is you know, a classification system for those post types. Um, so in the car example, uh, these would be things like make, model, and color. Uh, but it basically was a really pivotal moment for the WordPress project because it took it away um, from just being content publishing uh, in media verticals uh, to enabling things like restaurateurs uh, and different businesses to create custom content um, that actually fit the markets that they were in. Okay, so this principle of modularized content, in other words. And, and for me, this was the moment where WordPress really became more of a CMS. And we've seen it evolve in the, uh, since then for things like the REST API to make those modular content fields extensible for ingesting and, and, and pushing out content to other things. Um, WPCLI, you mentioned Daniel earlier, that was, he was a huge, massive, massive lead contributor on that. 
um, which really helped implement more automation into the WordPress technology stack. So now it's a lot more beefier as a, you know, air quote developer development framework. And then finally, this implementation of Gutenberg, which I think its fundamental goal is to make it easier for novice webmasters to create things. But I'm really actually a little more interested, kind of selfishly, about well, how will this affect how advanced developers create things? Because if you can create things that make it easier for content creators to make stuff, um, that saves your time to make more innovative things. Um, so I'm actually really interested to see that. So again, congratulations to Ten Up on seven years. You know, custom, you know, custom post types and modularized content was the genesis of a lot of companies with that focus. Um, and so it's really going to be interesting, I think, to see the future. Well, what, 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 ne- what will come next? What is the next evolution in what agencies and companies do with WordPress based on these new capabilities? So um, shifting gears again, I want to talk about GDPR compliance. Uh, for those of us in the U.S., this might not be something that's top of mind, but there's a new regulation going into effect in the EU called the General Data Protection Regulation. And basically, there's a working group that has been formed in the WordPress core team to implement GDPR compliance into core itself. So if you're focused on a European audience or you have a European business, it's going to be extremely important to you. If you don't know about GDPR, I definitely recommend you read up on it. Um, Probably involve your lawyer, make sure you're compliant, all that kind of good stuff. Um, And then check out the work that the core team is is doing. Um, GDPR generally is intended to strengthen, I'm going to quote some of this here, um, and unify data protection for all individuals within the European Union. So privacy, of course, super important. Um, We all know, of course, the European Union is very um, aggressive in protecting privacy standards. We know we have to have things like cookie disclosures. Um, This is, uh, in a sense, an extension of that. And so I think, again, kind of get back to the community angle. There's thousands, tens of thousands of developers around the world contributing, and they all have different reasons for needing things based on regulations and laws and the way their users behave. And it's great to see, well, geez, the North American people might not have caught this or or spent effort on it, but those in the community based in Europe recognized it, recognized the value and the need, and were able to um, implement something into core in support of its global vision. And I think, again, if you think about a proprietary CMS, like their pace of innovation is as fast as their development backlog. The things that are important to them and most of their customers is where those features are added. With WordPress being an open source framework, that focus is from the community. What's important to the community, what's important to the global WordPress ecosystem is what gets the attention and what gets new features rolled into core. So I think this is very important. Again, a good reflection of um, kind of the community aspect of WordPress. But again, if you're serving those European audiences, if you're based in Europe and you're worried about GDPR, um, you know, know that there's a team working to get a uh, compliance rolled into core. Certainly you want to validate all this yourself, um, but um, that is some, an effort that's going on and something I think is exciting about and notable, exciting and notable. Um, so the next thing I wanted to cover was um, an update with WordCamps. For those of you unfamiliar, WordCamps are basically generally city, sometimes state or country-based events. Um, it's kind of like the WordPress conference. And there's a, a drive, certainly part of the international drive of WordPress, to get more WordCamps, get more cities and more places having WordCamps. And the WordCamp team, uh, the group of volunteers who helped organize this, 
recently launched something called the WordCamp Incubator 2.0. Now, I'm not familiar with version 1.0, so I guess I can't talk to the differences. Um, but the goal of this program is really to help um, spread WordPress and particularly WordCamp events into underserved areas. Um, there's a big group behind that. If you go to WordPress.org, uh, you can go search for WordCamp. You'll see um, some pages there relative to the organization around these efforts. But if you're in a city that doesn't have a WordCamp, um, again, you could also Google, of course, WordCamp Incubator 2.0, see the article on that. And then there's a whole group there dedicated to supporting you in those efforts. And I've actually gone through this before. We have an office in Limerick, Ireland. And there was a big push by the group there to get WordCamp Dublin back. And, you know, they were reaching out to the community to try to get support. And, uh, you know, people kind of raised their hand. But this WordCamp Incubator 2.0 is really more of a formal expression of that. Um, Stephen, do you have any exposure to this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this all ties back to the mission statement of democratizing publishing on the web. Um, I think a lot of us in, in you know, first world or westernized countries um, sometimes kind of have this in the back of our mind. Um, but what we're really seeing in the last year is an expansion into uh, a lot of places that maybe don't have access to broadband um, or even have political restrictions on what they can publish. Um, so if you actually go to WordCamp Central, that's a really great place to get a, a list of the countries and events that happen globally. And what I've seen recently is you're starting to see things in, uh, you know, kind of emerging markets, um, places like, you know, Indonesia and the Philippines and Costa Rica. Um, you know, it really, really is becoming more of a global project. Uh, but sometimes the infrastructure or the, uh, you know, the historical community effort has not been quite established. So this is an effort um, to take people or to take uh, experienced people that from the WordCamp Central community um, that have experience and kind of provide a mentorship um, to help these places uh, get off the ground and form those communities in places where they have not historically existed. I like that. And I like how you mentioned uh, Indonesia. I would, I would like to volunteer to go to WordCamp Bali oh, I'm uh, there. to spread, uh, <laughs> spread the WordPress message. I think I'll take one for the team on that one. Um, but, but all joking aside, obviously, you know, again, kind of a good reflection of how others step up to use their experience um, to help uh, other people. So um, I want to kind of talk a little bit. There's been a, a big milestone in terms of uh, WordPress penetration. As a matter of fact, I have a bunch of decks on, uh, like slide decks on why WordPress is important and um, how many people use it. And I have to keep updating it because it keeps growing. It's kind of frustrating. Um, but Emily, we introduced you earlier in the show. You've been uh, patiently waiting. Um, could you tell us about this new, I, I think, epic milestone in the WordPress world? Yeah, absolutely. So just recently, um, W3Techs announced that WordPress now powers 30% of the internet, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. Um, we've been, you know, sort of around 29 for a few months, so it was so exciting to just finally reach that milestone of 30. Such a, such a big number, and, and people don't realize the impact that has on the tools that it integrates with the people who are familiar with it, the developers that you can hire for it. And again, just to have to keep updating my slides from 28 to 29 <laughs> to 30 um, so quickly, um, to me is just like an anecdote of how, how, how fast that adoption is accelerating, not just where it is today. You know, a lot of, the thing, a lot of things peak and then stagnate, but it's, it's really interesting to see WordPress keep progressing. Um, we're gonna come back, Emily, I got some more questions for you, but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. 
Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Right before the break, Emily Shiola was sharing that WordPress just accomplished 30% of all websites and the penetration rate. Now, Emily, you mentioned it was 30% of the internet. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to you know, pick a bone <laughs> with you here on this. 30% yes, of the web. Right? Yes. Like the internet is, is all of the devices and all of the things connected to the, the broader internet. Um, maybe, maybe you didn't come up with that particular wording, but <laughs> this has been a bone I've, I've had for a long time. With, with I know. We'll reference the internet versus the web. They're actually quite distinct things. I'm not picking on you, but just, uh, I guess, pointing that out. So um, kind of talking now about WordCamp Europe. Um, WordCamp Europe is coming up in June. And I remember I was sitting down with my wife last night, coordinating all the travel schedules and things with our new baby and everything. And um, you know, I think there's a lot of individual planning going on, but there's a lot of work and effort that goes into pulling one of these off, and it's all volunteer-based. Emily, could you give us a little update on how WordCamp Europe is developing, and um, what are some things that people could help out with? Yeah, absolutely. So WordCamp Europe is really just around the corner. Even though we're in March, it is coming up quickly, and the team has set out. Um, a call for volunteers. So anyone that wants to volunteer in any way, whether that's come for a day and you help set up or you stand in the hallway and you point people to different rooms or you even, you know, reach out through Twitter and stuff like that. They, this is such a huge word camp and so many people are expected to come that they can use all the help they could get. Um, they're also looking for photographers. So people that want to spend their time taking photos of speakers or even the venues 
um, you know, we want to make sure that we have a good record of this. So if you have a camera and you love WordPress, reach out to the volunteers. Awesome. And you can read more about that call for volunteers, of course, on WordPress.org. Emily, any plans to socialize any of those links on Torque or maybe in Torque's social channels or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Torque is a media partner this year. So we will be working really closely with the organizers to get this information out so people know exactly what's going on. Okay, cool. So uh, torquemag.io if you want the URL for that. Um, but I uh, didn't know you guys were a partner. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, another way Torque uh, gives back to the community. So thank you so much for that, Emily. So um, speaking of Torque, you know, we do something at WP Engine. Uh, you guys are probably familiar with this, the Strength Finders exercise and competitions in my top five. So this one uh, really stuck out to me. Um, Torque has a competition going on right now, and it's actually been quite heated uh, in past years. Uh, Emily, oh, yeah. can you explain a little bit about this competition and maybe even how people uh, – can participate in voting and that kind of thing. Yeah, so this is my favorite time of the year for Torque. We put on a competition called Plugin Madness, and it's a bracket style competition that pits 64 plugins who were nominated by the community. So we called for nominations, and these are the ones that had the highest amount of votes that were um, secure and compatible. So we put those in a bracket. And we try to figure out which is the best plugin of 2018. Um, so if you want to vote, you can go to pluginmadness.com and we'll have a new bracket every week. We'll cut, you know, we'll go 64, 32, 16, 8 until we get to the final one. Um, and things are already, you know, people are already hitting up on Twitter and reaching out in the comments. So things are getting pretty, pretty intense already. That's so. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So uh, pluginmadness at torquemag.io. Um, check it out. Vote for your favorite plugin, and uh, we'll see who wins. Well, Stephen and Emily, thanks for uh, joining us today and sharing the word around the campfire. And thanks to all for you for listening. Um, just a reminder: next week's episode will actually re be recorded live in front of a studio audience. I don't know if it's actual studio, but I'm going to say that. And it's <laughs> going to be with Jason Cohen of WP Engine, the company I work for. Jay Jason's going to be talking about the power of open source. It's going to be recorded live during South by Southwest here in Austin. So tune in for that. And check it out. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening today. This is David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.